last week on the Joes on the Pros podcast. Tom Brady is fifth in the league in passing yards, and he hasn't looked his best that we've seen him live up to all season, and it's because of those receivers. So I definitely think the Steelers are going to get in. That last spot, if I had to pick one, I'm going to pick Tennessee because Tennessee has played really, really well. I have faith in the Saints more so than I do the Seahawks and the 49ers just because Drew Brees and their experience. This is probably going to be the big test for the Niners and the Saints to see who is the dominant team in the NFC. I'm personally hoping the Vikings slip up. I really don't think it's going to happen. I think there's a good chance it will, but the Rams got something to prove to me this week against the Seahawks. You are now tuning in to the Joes on the Pros podcast with your host, Junie Riddle and Casey Warner, covering all the latest topics in today's sports. Welcome to the 14th episode of the Joes on the Pros podcast. It is hard to believe we are now entering week 15 of the NFL regular season. With week 14 behind us, there is much to talk about. There is much to dissect. So let's get into that, starting off with maybe the most surprising win of the week 14 matchups, and that was the Rams taking off the 10-2 Seahawks. They fall to 10-3. The Rams move to 8-5, and and that NFC playoff picture just got a little more dicey. The Rams come out on top of that one, 28 to 12. And what wasn't even close from the start, the Rams just came out there, absolutely outplayed the Seahawks. I know I was certainly very, very happy to see that. The Rams needed that. They are rolling right now. The playoff picture for the second wild card spot just got a little bit tighter as the Vikings are at 9 and 4. Rams sit just a game behind them. But let's get into this game a little bit. On Sunday night, the Rams just dominated the Seahawks. And how did they do that, Junie? I mean, they basically played Smash Mouth football there, Casey. I'll tell you what, what they really did well was containing Russell Wilson in the pocket and making sure that he didn't get out of the pocket there and extend some of those plays that, you know, that he's very well known for doing. This Rams secondary really stepped up their pass rush. Their defense in total, I must say, played an excellent game against uh, Russell Wilson, who has been one of the best playing quarterbacks that we've seen this season. This is a game that the Rams needed to win here, and they basically came out desperate, and they pulled off a huge win, and I think it could be a season turnaround kind of win there that they just got. Huge win for the Rams. Huge win for the Rams. Uh, Kind of a devastating loss for the Seahawks. That now puts them one game behind the 49ers for that NFC West division. And like I said, the Rams are just a game behind the Vikings now. Now let's get into the Seahawks a little bit. You mentioned that Russell Wilson struggled a bit. I'd say he is definitely behind Lamar Jackson now after that game for the MVP conversation. He was 22 of 36, 245 yards, no touchdowns and interception. Did not show up in the primetime game like he expected he would but the Rams defense overall just shut them down for a Seahawks offense who is averaging well over 100 yards rushing they only had, they only had 106 yards in that game Chris Carson was held to held under 100 yards and as well as Rashad Penny he was hurt in that game so the Rams defense did a great job of like you said playing smash mouth football and just going out there and taking it to the Seahawks that's what you got to do in a game like this and ultimately there's a lot of games on the slate in the last three weeks where teams like that are going to have to pull off some upsets if they want to get in the playoffs and what's the thing that we've been saying this entire season about the Rams it always is going to go through Todd Gurley like we've said if he is getting the touches and he is getting the productivity the offensive line probably played one of its best games that it had all season keeping Jared Goff upright majority of the game and the fact that he had the weapon of Todd Gurley in order to get the touches and use that play action to get some of those talented receivers open Jared Goff probably played one of his best games I know statistically it probably 
wasn't. But honestly, against that caliber of a team and that caliber of a coach and scheme, I know the defense isn't that talented, but that is a huge win for Jared Goff. Uh, you're looking at a Rams team that's about to go into a struggling Dallas Cowboys team there down in Jerry World. And I tell you what, it is looking like they are going to get a win there. And if they go into San Francisco and they are playing as hot like they did against Seattle, I tell you what, it is going to be very interesting watching this wild card race uh, with Minnesota because as of right now, the Rams are looking a lot more impressive the last couple weeks than the Minnesota Vikings have. Uh, you know, losing to Seattle on Monday night and then going out and, you know, not putting up a great performance against the Detroit Lions. So I tell you what, it is going to be really interesting if they continue to play this way. Rams are now winners of three of their last four games with those three wins coming over the Bears, Cardinals, and Seahawks. And on their schedule, they have remaining, like you said, they face the Cowboys in Dallas on 325, 425 Eastern time on Sunday. Then they head to San Francisco to the 49ers, and then they play the Cardinals at home that last week. So certainly not an easy stretch by any means, but a decent stretch for the Rams to finish the season. But other than that, let's talk about for a minute this division. What does this do to the Seahawks' chances in this division and what do you think this means overall for who is going to win this division? I mean it's basically going to come down to their uh, head-to-head matchup with San Francisco. I mean they're only a game behind the 49ers right now and they already have the head-to-head matchup. If they sweep them this season I think Seattle has a really good chance to have home field um, unless the New Orleans Saints don't slip up here in the next couple weeks. They got a little bit of a tough stretch you know got to play Tennessee uh, before the season ending but there is a lot of things could happen. Anybody could really end up anywhere in this NFC playoff picture. It is getting really crazy. It's getting really, really tight. And it's going to be something that we are going to need to watch out for. And especially when any of these teams are playing, it is must watch football because whoever has home field in this NFC playoff race is going to have an outstanding advantage to make the Super Bowl. Moving from one upset to another, the Kansas City Chiefs went into New England on Sunday and got the upset over the Patriots. They won that one 23-16. Kansas City moves to 9-4. and The Patriots fall to 10-3. and And we just saw what we've continued to see over the last few weeks from the Patriots, and that is offensive confusion. They had 278 total yards of offense in that game. Chiefs really didn't have much more at 346, but overall the Chiefs just found a way to win, and like the Rams did against the Seahawks, played hard-nosed smash football and got the job done. Patrick Mahomes looked pretty good in that game. He was 26 of 40, 283 yards and a touchdown, an interception to go along with that, but they found a way to win, Junie, and the Patriots right now are in complete turmoil, we think, because of that offense, and Tom Brady is not liking his receivers right now. And I mean, honestly, if you watch the game, the Patriots had an opportunity to win there at the end, but I mean, there was just a lot of sloppy mistakes there in the second half for Kansas City. Kansas City, hands down, looked like the better team in that game game you know with an with a not very common fumble there by Travis Kelsey some other turnovers like a another pump block for New England they have four pump blocks on the year and, and no other team has more than one which is absolutely crazy uh, on that special teams but yeah New England struggling they need a playmaker Tom Brady is older I mean I don't think that he's wearing down to the point where he's not good anymore I think that he needs more uh, surrounding him like he's had in the past when he's had uh, Rob Gronkowski and guys like that when Edelman was a little bit younger but yes he's definitely 
definitely struggling. Um, he definitely doesn't have the time. He definitely doesn't have uh, the receivers that are playing to uh, his level that he wants them to, and it is showing on that offense. They just can't get anything going. And now that that defense is starting to play against better offenses, and we're, we're really starting to see that this Patriots defense isn't as dominant as we f- first thought uh, watching them play a lot lesser talent in the beginning of the season. Now the Patriots' upcoming schedule is a little bit easier, but they still have a matchup with the Bills left. They go to the Bengals this next Sunday, and then they play the Bills at home. What we think could actually be a division-deciding game. If the Bills win again this week and the Patriots win again, that'll only separate them by one game. That game could be for the AFC East. That would be an interesting game right there. But right now, the Patriots clearly just aren't as good as the Ravens and even the Chiefs at this point. So going into the playoffs, the Patriots have a little cloud over their head, and we really don't know what to think about the Patriots. But from this game, we gathered that the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes can still ball like he's used to, and he's big in clutch moments, and that's what he did against the Patriots. And another thing about the Chiefs is that their secondary is getting a lot better. I know that their big weakness is their run defense, and a lot of teams that have good running games are going to have a huge advantage over this Kansas City Chief uh, team, especially in January football time when it comes to playoffs. But I tell you what, this secondary has gotten a lot better. You got the Honey Badger back there, Tyron Matthew leading the helm there at safety. And I tell you what, they, I mean, they seem like they're coming together more as a unit as the season progresses. And I mean, they held the Patriots to a, under 100 yards rushing in Foxborough, in the cold, uh, Bill Belichick and his schematics. I mean, obviously, it was a good performance there for the Kansas City Chiefs, even though that they had some sloppy mistakes, some mistakes that could have cost them the game where New England had opportunities to come back, but that defense held up. They played a lot better than I thought, um, especially against with, and it's the same thing with the Houston game. Uh, I thought that Houston's defense couldn't hold New England, but it just really shows that these weak defensive teams can still have an edge over the Patriots when they can outscore them because the Patriots offer simply can't score enough with some of these prolific offenses in the AFC. Now let's look at the playoff picture here for a minute in that AFC. Ravens sit atop the AFC at 11-2. and two. They have a two-game lead over the Chiefs and a one-game lead over the Patriots for that number one seed in the AFC. Patriots sit at the two seed at 10-3. and three. Chiefs at 9-4, and four, three seed, and then the four seed right now is the Texans at 8-5. and five. Now that AFC South could still be determined with the Titans sitting at 8-5 and five too. The AFC West isn't as challengeable right now. The Chiefs head and shoulders ahead of that division. And then the Patriots right now at the two seed. Do you think there's any chance that the Chiefs jump the Patriots for that two seed? I mean, I definitely think there's a chance. I mean, the Buffalo Bills have a stout defense. And I mean, when you look at this Patriots team compared to the beginning of the year to the end of the year, I think a big problem with this team is is that they're older like Tom Brady's older yeah they came out with a bang they came out uh, 9-0 and on the season like they were blowing teams out of the water but now the schedule's getting tough the season is weighing on these guys I in my heart I never want to count the New England Patriots out but this productivity that I'm seeing is just not normal it's just not what we usually see from this team I think when it comes to like I said playoff football that they're going to play a lot better but I mean I just I just don't I think they are wearing down. I think the Chiefs definitely have an opportunity if the Patriots slip up, but obviously, I mean, I think I think New England has a has a pretty pretty big chance of winning out uh, with the with their remaining schedule and Buffalo playing in New England. I, I I don't I don't trust Buffalo in that game. 
New England certainly hurt their number one overall seed hopes and their first round bye hopes for the playoffs, but a team that certainly helped their case in that area was the San Francisco 49ers. As we move on from one game to the next, in our next segment, we will get into the 49ers and the Saints, two NFC powers going at it this past Sunday. That up next. Honestly, Casey, all I can say is, wow, wow, what a game. You know, normally we don't get these kind of matchups in an early 12 o'clock Central, 1 o'clock Eastern time game, but this game had huge implications. And I think if you asked anybody with a reasonable sense of mind or intelligence about the NFL, they would have told you that this was the game of the week. It was the Saints and the 49ers. And I got to tell you, this game absolutely shocked me. It blew me out of the water. I couldn't believe it. The score, the score, Casey. I, I can't believe this is two of the top 10 defenses in the league, and they just absolutely allowed these opposing offenses to almost put up 100 points combined. 100 points combined. That's absolutely crazy. This is not what I expected from this game, but it, this, is what I, this is what I get from it, honestly. I see these two teams as being very flexible teams. They're easily the two best teams in the NFC as we speak right now. I think that this is a preview of an NFC championship and a game that reminded me last year's regular season of the Rams and the Saints. And obviously the the Rams came up short and then they came back and bounced back. I think that this is what's going to happen in the playoffs. I think that I saw more th- good things from the New Orleans Saints, and I think that they probably should have won that game, honestly, if a few more calls and a few more things had went their way. I think New Orleans outplayed them. Drew Brees had an outstanding game. He threw for five touchdowns, rushed for another. Like It was insane what they were doing out there. What do, what do you have to say about that? I mean, do you agree? Do you think these are the two best teams in the NFC right now? Without a doubt, these are definitely the two best teams in the NFC right now. Over 980 yards of total offense in that game. Just a complete shootout. And the 49ers just found a way to win this game. Jimmy Garoppolo impresses again with a 349-yard outing and four touchdowns. Only one interception to go along with that. Especially his completion percentage. He was 26 of 35. That's all you can ask for out of a starting quarterback in a huge game like that. And like I said, the key to the 49ers is is they find ways to win these touchdowns. Games. They might have t- had a couple bad losses so far. You know, they lost to the Ravens and they lost to the uh, the Seahawks, of course. But in this game, they really showed that they can pull it together, overcome adversity, and get these big wins. Now, I do agree with what you said. I think there's a good chance the Saints see this team again in the NFC's championship. And I agree with you. I think the Saints get them the second time around. But right now, the 49ers were more prepared and they had the last laugh in this shootout that was 48 46. What a score. I mean, I think it was just one of those games that whoever got the the ball last was going to win. I mean, they got uh, New Orleans scored that amazing touchdown to go up one with about 53 seconds left to go. And I was like, man, I was like, wow, that was a great play. But I just think that they left too much time on the clock for the 49ers to go down there. And obviously they did and to kick the field goal to win by two. I mean, but here's the thing that I was really impressed with about the New Orleans Saints. I don't think that this defense is going to play like they did this past Sunday in the playoffs. I think it's going to be a completely new game for this defense. I think Sean Payton is easily a top five head coach in this league. I think he's going to make adjustments. I think this defense is going to be okay. But what really impressed me about the New Orleans 
Orleans Saints was was how they kept this amazing 49ers pass rush from getting to Drew Brees and that really shows the magnitude of this offensive line and what they are able to do this 49ers defense had really shown that it only struggled against mobile QBs such as like Kyler Murray uh, Russell Wilson Lamar Jackson like you had said those are those are the teams that have given them the most fits but the fact that a standard pocket passing quarterback like Drew Brees at the age of 40 could just sit in the pocket and just sling the ball around like he did I mean it just shows that I think that that this team is going to bounce back and come back and beat this Niners team. Uh, it's And that's shocking to a lot of people, but I was just really, really impressed with how they limited it. It was just this defense just – I mean, I just think both defenses had a fluke game, and it just it just was an all-out shootout between these two. Definitely a lot to be proud of for the Saints. Like you said, that nasty 49ers front seven had zero sacks on Drew Brees. That is impressive in itself. And, you know, like I said, the Niners overcame a lot of adversity in this game. They had 10 penalties for 67 yards. That's twice as many penalties as the New Orleans Saints had in that game. And that's what you love to see from a team like the 49ers that you think is going to be an elite Super Bowl contender this year. They had 10 penalties in a game like this and were still able to find a way to win. Kudos to Kyle Shanahan out there coaching up the 49ers. That's how you find a way to, a tough way to win in that. Both teams were well over 300 yards passing and 100 yards rushing. Complete offensive game right there in that one. But let's get into a game I am sure you are really, really hyped to talk about. We'll spend a good five, six minutes on this game because I know this is huge. It's a huge matchup, not only for Junie because he's going to be there, but for the AFC wildcard, and that's Steelers-Bills coming up in Week 15. So just tell us a little bit about that, Junie, just in general. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you what. This is a huge game, and I think that this is going to be a great defensive matchup. I think easily that these two teams are in the top three defenses in the league. I don't think New England's a top three defense anymore. So I'd say Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and San Francisco are the best defenses in the NFL and it's just going to be a clash it's going to be a clash of the Titans it's going to be a clash of who wants it more and I personally think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win this football game against the Buffalo Bills this is the last game in Heinz Field and I can tell you as a Steelers fan as a guy that is actively looking into the interests of Steeler Nation this fan base is so impressed with what these young talented players are doing what Coach Tomlin is doing with the lack of talent uh, the injuries that have accumulated throughout all the season I mean some of, some of our biggest names have been out all year, but they have thrived. They have pushed through. They have won their last six of seven. I mean, they are they started the season one and four, and I tell you what, this Steelers crowd is going to be rowdy. Like I said, last home game of the season, probably not going to get a home game in the playoffs if some fluke thing happens where you know the two wildcard teams match up, but either way, I just think that this Pittsburgh Steelers defense is going to control the line of scrimmage better than Buffalo can with our impressive offensive line. Our offensive line is the key. If they keep Buffalo out of the backfield, I think that the Steelers have the great chance of winning this game simply because I don't think Buffalo's offensive line can stop our pass rush and we can disrupt a guy in Josh Allen whose accuracy is is here and there obviously a lot better uh, than last year, of course, but still you're going up against a great defense, a great secondary, and the team that is leading the NFL in turnovers caused and in sacks. So I think Buffalo is in route for a tough game this weekend. 
Now, what's interesting about this matchup is it's kind of a mono mono matchup, per se. Out of all six teams that are currently in the AFC playoffs right now, the Bills and the Steelers are the two lowest-scoring teams. Two teams that really grind out wins with their defense. Not a lot of scoring. As you mentioned, Josh Allen has improved this year, but he still doesn't have that offense completely going where it could be. The Bills last week had a tough, close loss against the Ravens. They did show some fight in that game. I got to say, I was really impressed with the Bills in that game, but this game will really show me who wants to be in the playoffs more. The Titans are at 8-5 and five right now, so neither of these teams can afford to slip up. Whoever loses this game is likely going to have to deal with the Texans or the Titans, whoever loses that game this week, in fighting out for that last wildcard spot. And I got to stick with what I said last week. I know you hate to hear it, but I got to go with the Bills in this one. I think Josh Allen's maturation is going to come to form in this game, and they're just going to edge it out. But it's going to be a close, a low-scoring game, and I think both of these teams are going to stay around 20 points, maybe 24 give or take but this is going to be a great game must see football I'm definitely going to have to watch this and like you said the Steelers offensive line is the key to this game if they can keep Devlin Hodges upright get him some good plays in there and get that running game going this is the Steelers game to lose because they'll certainly have the atmosphere on their side and and that's just something that I'm seeing the Steelers really haven't lost a game this year that they uh you know you know, they've all their losses are good losses. I mean, they've lost to the Niners. They lost to the Patriots week one. They lost to the Ravens. Uh, they lost to the Browns on a short week in Cleveland with Mason Rudolph throwing four picks. Like they, All their wins are games that they have grinded out and games they should have. Buffalo has had some flute games this year. Like they've, They had a flute game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Like They had a flute game against the Cleveland Browns. I'm just sitting here to tell you that I think this Steeler team is going to match up better. They are going to show the AFC that this defense is probably the best uh, defense in the AFC, and I think that they are going to grind it out. I think they're going to cause turnovers. I think they're going to get to Josh Allen, and I think that we are going to win the battle in the turnover game and the line of scrimmage, and I think that that is why the Steelers are going to win this game. With the Texans and Titans both playing pretty good football right now, just one more question i got to ask you about this game. Do you think the loser of this game still makes the playoffs? I mean, I definitely here, here's here's my here's my thing about this. Tennessee is going to have to sweep the Houston Texans in order to get in, and I think that they actually have a really good chance of doing that. The way Tennessee has been playing right now is really impressive. I said that I thought the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to be the two wild card teams. I am still holding to that. I mean, Tennessee might actually win the division nevertheless, but with that being said, I think Tennessee's for sure going to be in the playoffs. The way Houston looked this past weekend against Denver, I'm not looking for it. But here, I just got to say this, and I want DJ, I want the DJ to start playing Renegade right now. And I'm going to say this, the Steelers, if you all are listening, anybody on the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, you all better show up to this game. You all better lay the wood. You all better get it done because this is the season. You win this game, you're in the playoffs. Everybody has doubted you. Nobody's talking about you. Everybody thinks that you all don't belong in the playoffs, that you're not good enough. Let's prove them wrong, and let's go win this game. But coming up next, we're going to get into Riddle's rankings. We are going to get into Warner's wages again, not going on fantasy focus anymore because I think uh, Casey's fantasy teams are down in the dumps. But with that being said, we are going to get into all that next on the Joe's on the Pros podcast.
right, guys, it is that time where we are going to get in our top 10 NFL teams. The rankings shook up just a little bit this week, and we got some new additions. So here we go. Starting with number 10, the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, yeah, they have big wins on this season, and they also have terrible losses. I don't know what to think about this team on a week-to-week basis. I, I just don't know what team I'm going to get. Some days the defense shows up, the pass rush is there. They got the run game going to Sean Watson's in a rhythm. And then the next, you know, anybody can pass on this team. And then the running game is just nowhere to be found. And Deshaun Watson's under duress with this weak offensive line, in my opinion. So I, I just I just can't figure this team out. I want to see them succeed. I think they're a really good team. But with that being said, their inconsistency are really holding them back. And coming in at number nine, making their Riddle rankings debut, it's the Tennessee Titans, plain and simple. Ryan Tannehill has been playing out of his mind right now, and this Tennessee offense is alive. I mean, it just seems like they're throwing 30 and 40 points week by week as they're on this 6-1 and one run since leaving Mariota in the dust and putting Ryan Tannehill at the helm. And Derrick Henry, that guy is emerging as one of the best running backs in the league. He's 6'2". He's huge. He runs a 4'5". I wouldn't want to tackle him. And yes, this Tennessee defense is still playing top 10 ball. So yes, I think that this Tennessee team is going to make a run down the stretch. Coming in at number eight, I got the Los Angeles Rams. What can I say, man? This team is really rising above a lot of teams. It seems like Jared Goff is getting into a rhythm. He really needed that game against Arizona. And then he showed out against their biggest rival, the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson, absolutely outplaying them. I mean, I'll tell you what, if this team stays in a rhythm, this is a team that nobody is going to want to play, especially if Todd Gurley is starting to get the touches that we are used to him getting. Coming in at number seven, it's the New England Patriots. I mean, still, guys, the New England Patriots are still a good team. It's just they are really struggling on offense here. Tom Brady cannot get anybody open. It just seems like these receivers are just old, outdated, or they're young and don't know what they're doing, don't have the chemistry yet. This offense does just it just looks really, really bad, but I'm still keeping them in my top 10. I still think that they're a really good team. And come January, this I've been saying it a lot the last couple of weeks, January football is a different game. These guys have been there. They are used to playing in the cold. They're used to playing in the, in the elements, and I just think that you need to watch out for this team. Don't write them off yet. Coming in at number six, another team that been playing pretty well here is the Minnesota Vikings. I wasn't really impressed with Minnesota this past weekend, to be honest. The last two weeks, I'm kind of hopping off the Minnesota train, but yet they are still in that sixth spot. They control their own destiny. I think that the Los Angeles Rams have a huge chance of catching them, but as of right now, I'm still giving the edge to Minnesota, and I still think that they're going to clinch that sixth seed, and we're just going to have to stay tuned to see what happens with that. Coming in at number five, the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers continue to win. They don't win pretty. I'm not very convinced with this team's defense. Uh, Their offense from week to week can vary on production. I just think that Aaron Rodgers really needs to step it up. They really need to galvanize this team because playing down to Washington's level is just not something that we should be seeing from the Green Bay Packers. They can play better than that and we need to see it, especially with playing with Minnesota and Chicago with the way they're playing down the stretch. They need to get their act together. And coming in at number four, they got the big win this week. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of people are down on the Chiefs. They think that they should have won by 
by more. I think they should have won by more as well, but I saw more positives from this team than negatives. Their biggest negative is their defense. They've been improving week to week. I think that they're looking better, and I think that they're getting hot at the right time. Mahomes is only going to get in more of a rhythm as the season goes down, so look out for them as being one of the biggest threats in the AFC right now. Coming in at number two, it's the New Orleans Saints. I'm still really impressed with the New Orleans Saints. They just lost the number one seed, obviously, uh, because the Niners beat them. The Niners are back at the number one seed. Um, I still think that they are going to get a first-round bye. I still think that this is one of the better teams in the NFC. Them and the Niners are so, so close. But yes, since the Niners got the edge this weekend, the Saints are coming in at number three. Coming in at number two, the team we were just talking about, the San Francisco 49ers. It just seems like this football team can win Anyway, anyhow, if they got to light up the scoreboard, put up 48 points like they did, or win in a bruiser and a grinder and have their defense win a low-scoring game, it seems like they can do it all. Very well coached. This young talent is just being harnessed the way that it needs to be, and they are really, really hot right now. And I tell you what, this is my favorite to get the number one seed right now. I think they're going to get it, but they cannot slip up the rest of the weeks. they got a huge game against the Rams and Seahawks to finish out the season, and that is going to be rough to hold on on to home field and coming in at number one it's no different the Baltimore Ravens continue to beat playoff team after playoff team after playoff team they beat Buffalo they weren't really impressive it was a really windy day there in Buffalo Buffalo's defense matches up with Baltimore really well but the whole game you just knew that that the Ravens were going to come out with that game they really controlled the pace they controlled what they wanted to do and when it mattered most Lamar Jackson and company got it done and they are still the number one team on the riddle rankings Could we be seeing a 49ers-Ravens rematch in the Super Bowl? I think there's definitely a good chance of that with them sitting at 1-2 and on those riddle rankings. But let's get into the Warner wages. We've been doing fantasy focus here and there, but let's get back to Warner wages. I'll be the first to tell you I had some bad luck in fantasy football in the playoffs this past week. Don't want to talk about that, so let's get into these wages a little bit. My first wage you should bet for this week is Rams at Cowboys, Dallas plus 1. I think the Rams are all over this spread right here. I think they beat them by at least a touchdown I think Dallas continues their downfall and even though they sit at six and seven they can still somehow win their division nonetheless Rams come out on top of this one by at least a touchdown I'm all over that Dallas plus one spread give me the Rams in that one next game Seahawks at Panthers Carolina plus six give me the Seahawks by about two touchdowns in this one the Panthers don't have a good head coach anymore firing Ron Rivera got an interim in there and the Seahawks are mad after that loss against the Rams give me the Seahawks by at least two touchdowns in this one Carolina plus six stay away from that one Seahawks got this one all day Bears at Packers. Green Bay is favored by minus four and a half in this one. And I got to say, I think the Bears will come within five points in this one. I think the Bears are hot right now. Mitch Trubisky is playing pretty good football. And I think that defense is going to hold the Packers. And Mitch Trubisky and the Bears are going to at least come within a field goal in this one. And maybe even win this one. So I think the Bears got a good shot in this one. Give me that minus four and a half spread for Green Bay. Next game. Texans at Titans. This is probably the game of the week right here for AFC South playoff implications. Tennessee is favored by three. Now, I've hated on Tennessee all year. I've hated on, you know, their running style of football and how they like to focus more on defense. I'm buying it now. I think Mike Vrabel's got those guys playing some good ball. Ryan Tannehill looks promising. I think Tennessee's going to win by more than three. Tennessee has home field advantage in this one. That Nashville crowd's going to show out. They're going to tighten up up there, and I think the Titans are going to get this win by at least three points. Give me Tennessee minus three in that one. And then my last one. 
arguably the game of the week. I know the game of the week for Junie because he's going to be there. Bills at Steelers. I've been talking up the Bills all week, all season long, how I think they're going to get the victory in this one, so i got to stick with that. Pittsburgh is minus two in this one they're favored by. I think the Bills definitely top that spread, win by maybe a field goal. Like I said, it's going to be a close game. Anybody could win this game with 20, 21 points around there, but give me the Bills in this one to cover that minus two spread, and that right there is your Warner wages, and that is certainly the game we're all going to be hoping for for a win for the Steelers for Junie's sake. For my sake. And and other than that game, I agree with you just about on everything. But like I said, the Steelers are going to pull that game out. I, I just know it. This team has grit. This team's young. They're ambitious. They want to win. They got a great coach. I'm, I'm telling you what, this and in Heinz Field, I'm, I'm so excited. It's going to be it's going to be my birthday, guys. And. They, I, I just, I just think, I just think they're going to win the game. I've never been to a Steeler game that they lost. They're wearing the color rush jerseys. They're five and zero in those jerseys, and uh, yeah, they're they're going to get it done, baby. They're going to get it done. But that is all the time that we have for this episode of the Joes and the Pros podcast. Get back with us next week. I'll tell you all about my experience at Heinz Field, and we will give you all the latest updates from what we got from Week 15 of the NFL here on the Joes on the Pros podcast.